Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. James Harden definitely had a pregame meal, averaging 17 points per game over hey, the man, last four. Um, Welcome to 95 to Infinity Podcast. I am Brandon Kajoka. With me on the line is Christian Graffin and Gregory Yershadis. The NBA world has been shaken upside down. Guys, James Harden has finally been traded. Much speculation beforehand. Many people are thinking about him going to Philadelphia. Um, I guess the rumor was also Brooklyn, but eventually Brooklyn won the sweepstakes, eventually sending a package of Rodion Couric's um, Karis Levert, um, Dante Exum, four first, four pick swaps, Jared Allen, and um, sorry, who, who's the name I'm missing here? Tori for flip over to Cleveland for a, by the Bucks 2022 pick, uh, which is owned by Cleveland, which is also part of the package. So three way trade. So pretty massive news. And shortly afterwards, Karis Levert, the newest member of Houston Rockets, was immediately flipped to the Indiana Pacers with Victor Oladipo. Um, according to Shams, going back is four first and four pick swaps. So essentially everything they got back in the James Harden trade. Guys, this is so much to unpackage. There's so much information here. So many bodies on the move. Christian, I'll give you the floor. What is your initial? Pers- uh, perspective of James Harden going to Brooklyn. Do you think they're the number one team in the Eastern Conference? And do you think Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden can be the new big three in the NBA? It's funny because I thought that when James Harden got traded that we would have a lot more answers, but it seems like this just raises way more questions, this trade. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know because, I mean, look, for one, Kyrie Irving right now is on the whole video that he's been out so we don't even know what's happening with him there's rumors that he might even retire Stephen a smith called it out today but obviously with this trade i'm sure that'll change things for him uh the fact that can they play together i mean they're going to be very good offensively like you said before the podcast that's starting five um with those three deandre jordan and joe harris is going to be just crazy but I, I mean, I don't, off the bench as well. it's not going to work this year. I'll tell you that much. They're going to be, they're going to need a lot more time to gel. And, um, and Durant looks great. I, I, I don't know that respect um, for the Nets perspective. It, it, they just wanted to start the power. I guess that makes sense. Um, but they gave up so, so, so much to, to both teams. <laughs> It's kind of similar to what Billy King did a few years ago for another aging star. That's what I was thinking. Pierce and Kevin Arnett completely sacrificing their future. You know, you know, that's why they became one of my 
favorite teams because you didn't really have any assets to work with. They had to sort of think outside the box. And, you know, Greg, do you think this is the type of situation that could happen again? You know, with James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, there is some, some dysfunctionality, a lot of egos on that organization. Do you think this can blow up similar to what we saw at the Nets maybe half a decade ago? Well, but that didn't uh, not work because of egos those players were just over the hill um and i remember brooke lopez getting injured in that first season look say what you want the nets have the three best shot creators in basketball and you know watching the raptors these past few weeks right the late game misses and all that like that's not to be discounted i agree with Graffin. there's going to be some adjustments but my God, I don't, I can't recall, like even the Miami Heat big three didn't have the offensive firepower that these three guys have. Um, I mean, defense is going to be obviously an issue. Uh, it, it, it's kind of hard to imagine them all sharing the ball. Uh, but watch out, boy. They're, they're instantly now the favorites to come out of the East. That's interesting. So we're concerned about defense. I know a team we talked about the Washington Wizards start the season, bringing Russell Westbrook, very, uh, not very similar teams. You know what I mean? You're talking about Brooklyn having yeah. three of the best shot creators, as you mentioned, but you know, defense might be an issue. We were, we had high hopes for Washington. I wouldn't say high hopes, but modest hopes for them starting the season. And you saw the defensive issues that are impacting this team has prevented them from even coming close to the playoff picture. Uh, I just want to go back to what Graf had mentioned earlier and kind of Greg, you can touch base on this. You don't think they're a viable contender this year in the NBA, in the Eastern Conference. Like you don't think they're the number one contender to go to the NBA finals coming out of the East. Is that to me or Graf? I definitely That's think the they and it's maybe I haven't even seen them. I haven't seen them play just on, on, on talent alone. They are, I think the uh, expected team to come out of the East. See, I disagree. Um, for me, even like any team that has a big three or any superstars that come together, even with Miami, it takes them at exactly. least at least one year to gel. We're yeah. talking about a shortened off season. Um, the Nets aren't even, you know, really complete right now with what they have. They're still trying to figure it out. So I don't think this year, no, they're going to go far, but I just don't see them actually being contender this year. Not against a team like the... Well, no, but but just to come out of the East... I could see them coming up against the Lakers. And and uh, honestly, if these three guys can just buy into the concept of... They won't. They won't. Well, all the money's invested now, right? Because if, if here's the thing. If they don't, right, it's all on them. Okay, so the pressure's on. Like, basically, it's finals or bust, and next year, championship or bust. That's what it is. I mean, we've essentially replaced Russell Westbrook with with Kyrie Irving, right? And then just fast forward in eight years or 10 years. That's pretty much, it's OKC all over again in a way, right? Yeah, it's like, a, it's just basically playing in a cooler city. <laughs> so, you know, obviously that was the first trade that happened today. Another massive trade, as I mentioned, to start the podcast was Karis LeVert, who was part of the Harden trade, being immediately flipped from Houston over to Indiana for Victor Oladipo. Graf, you mentioned Sham said something about, I said it started the pod, but what was it, four firsts and four pick swaps? Are these basically all the assets they got from James Harden and they're repackaging it towards Victor Oladipo? It seems like it. Um, that's eight 
picks in total just to get Victor Oladipo, who's on the last year of his contract. So he's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. Grab, I don't um, understand. And they gave up to me, and they gave up Levert for it. So basically, Greg, what's happening is that the four, the eight picks that uh, the Houston Rockets got back in that trade, so four first plus four pick swaps are going to be immediately flipped over to the Indiana Pacers with Karis LeVert for Victor Oladipo. Oh, no, I understand. Uh, I mean, I kind of don't, actually. But no, I, I, I understand that. What I don't understand is why Houston felt that this is the best they could do is basically just getting Victor Oladipo on, on I think we're all in the same on an aspiring contract with that one when you could have made it yeah. Ben Simmons or or pressed the Celtics for one of their young stars or, or 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 gotten Pascal from the Raptors like it just seems like it was a a rush decision in the end right like they realized that they needed to move them and, and this is the best they could do We'll start there for a second. Let's discern the package itself or evaluate the actual package. So, Graf, do you want to take this, actually? Yeah, so the package, um, so I'll just pretty much put what all four teams get. So the Nets are getting James Harden. The Rockets are getting Oladipo, Dante Exum, uh, Karukas, three Brooklyn first-rounders, Milwaukee's first-rounder, and four of Brooklyn's first-round swaps. The Pacers are getting Karis LeVert and a second-rounder only. And the Cavs are getting Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Okay. So it's a little bit more manageable. I'm fine with okay. Levert for Ola and the second for Oladipo. It's basically flipping Levert for Oladipo. You know what I mean? It kind of makes sense. You got to think of the Pacers. They're kind of building their foundation around Sabonis. He seems to be their number one option on that And team. Brogdon. And Brogdon as well. You know, Oladipo seemed like the third piece. You know what I mean? He seemed like he, uh, the team progressed beyond, uh, beyond him after the injury. You know what I mean? I feel like Harris Levert, you know, is someone who doesn't need as many touches um, and someone can kind of fit in with the sort of selfless identity of the Indiana Pacers. On the flip side, you know, Victor Oladipo still has star power. You know, you're not getting 60 cents on the dollar Victor Oladipo. I understand he's coming back from a pretty catastrophic injury, but the guy is still a very efficient scorer. And no, he's good. You know, he's good. John Wall might be a fantastic backcourt. You never know. You know what I mean? I feel like, you know, Oladipo's shooting, you know, John Wall's ability to facilitate the offense, you know, Christian Wood, DeMarcus Cousins. This team yeah. might be relatively decent. You know, I think it's kind of works out for everybody. What are your thoughts on the uh, Levert? Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree definitely, Bran. And sorry, what else did Houston pull in besides Oladipo? Second pick. They got, um, they gave up um, Karis LeVert in a second rounder. They got to keep the three Brooklyn first rounders, the Milwaukee's first rounder, and the four Brooklyn uh, swaps. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so then they've added a star and they kept, and they kept some uh, draft capital. Yeah, they ended up getting what they wanted, right? And and just let it be known, Oladipo wanted to be traded at this point, and it gives him a chance to prove that he's still a good star on the last year of his contract because he's a free agent this summer. Yeah, and and that um, it it really gives Houston a reset, right? They had mortgaged their future; they went all in last year, and this kind of provides them now uh, with some ammunition going forward, right? Because their their hands were tied as an organization to improve their team because they sacrificed everything to appease the beard, and then he came fat and overweight and uh, demanded a trade <laughs> straight from the strip club, straight from the strip club. How are the strip clubs in Brooklyn, Brandon? Uh, I don't know why you're asking me that. Uh, I don't. I wouldn't be like handing myself as a strip club connoisseur on the podcast. I think that's no, no. Christian. 
What? This is a pro-feminist podcast, right? We do not we do not attend such establishments here. But I digress. Alrighty, moving down the list, guys. So I just want to one, one last uh, thing with this trade. Who is the biggest winner? You know, you got you got three teams, lots of pieces. Who came out the big winner? Who is on top of this situation? I'm gonna go just with the splashy move here, Brooklyn. You've made this is potentially an all-time great big yeah. three. It in terms, like I said, I don't, I can't recall a time. And maybe it's because teams aren't supposed to be built this way because you need guys to do other stuff but score. But I can't recall the time when you've had three, literally, I'm, they're the three best shot cre- uh, creators in the league on the same team. Uh, so I got to go uh, with Brooklyn. They're the um, they're the uh, prima donna trio right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're going to be, they're going to be, I don't even, I, I predict bad things for that. I know you guys just think the offense is going to, is going to just, you know, overtake everything, but I don't think they're going to be that great. I think the best team in this is the Rockets. Um, there's a lot of teams that are looking at these, or a lot of people that are looking at these picks and the pick swaps and saying they're not going to be good because of how good um, Brooklyn is. But mm. look at who's on this team. Kyrie could retire tomorrow for all we know. Harden and Durant could blow up. Like Durant's already, you know, like we, we don't know what's going to happen with them in 2027 or 2026, let alone 2022. So I think the picks that they got and even Milwaukee's first pick, I think they got everything they needed plus Oladipo. They can finally let John Wall and Christian Wood specifically uh, handle the offense. I'm going to go in a different direction here. And I think Cavs, you know, this might sound like a hipster pick, but I feel like Cavs you know, <laughs> really, really came out. I wouldn't say on top, but they made some, like, this is a fantastic How? for this organization. You got to think they're giving up round pick uh, of Milwaukee next year, which is probably going to be relatively no, considering Giannis just signed a long-term contract. Um, they're giving up Dante Axum, who really hasn't done much in his career so far. And in return, they're getting Jared Allen, who I think is, you know, a very stable center who could be, you know, their center for the next half decade. Andre Drummond immediately becomes a trade chip. You know, you could potentially yeah. get a late first for him as well. And Torian Prince is a really solid three for a team. It doesn't really have much of an identity or a veteran presence. So giving up that little for those two players, in addition to be able to flip um, Andre Drummond for maybe a first and another asset, for me, is good for the Cavs in a rebuild. It makes sense to me. Hold on, a young center, um, and I, I think this is a late a- first for Andre Drummond. You say? I don't know. What do you think the trade market's for Andre Drummond? I'm I'm asking that as a Raptors fan, though. Oh, I was. I'm I'm way ahead of you, Graf. The only problem is how much money he makes. I'm. Oh no, I'm you're, my, you're the one bringing up the money, eh? Oh, here we go. <laughs> Well, speaking of the Raptors, I know I didn't really want to discuss this. I wanted to talk about all the fun, sensationalism, all the NBA Twitter news. But unfortunately, our Toronto Raptors podcast, we do need to discuss the team that is currently tied for the last place in the NBA, eight Toronto Raptors. Um, big loss to the Trailblazers, lost by one. Carmelo Anthony just went in God mode on Monday. Um, another one-point loss to the Warriors. We blew out the Sacramento Kings on Friday, but guys, what is happening with this organization? You're talking about championship two years ago to being the doormat of the NBA. What do we need to do to write the ship, and can we write the ship? Uh, Brandon, they've actually been playing steadily better, and I'm actually enjoying watching them again, specifically Chris Boucher. 
right? Can we, can we, you know, can we get some love here for Chris Boucher, right? The guy is playing like a legit NBA starter. It looks like we got him for a bargain, right? Look, I, we could easily, and grab to this last podcast, we could easily be 500 or better right now, right? We've been up 10 in every single game. Look, what you're seeing uh, uh, is that, and this is the same problem that we had last year, right? Like we don't necessarily have a, a good uh, late game shot creator finisher, right? We were missing it last year. We're missing it this year. Uh, worst case scenario, this year, you bought him out a bit. It's a strange year. You're playing in Tampa. You get a high pick. You come Max Strong next year with with our young core intact. I actually don't think it's the end of the world, and I expect the team to rebound with two wins against Charlotte. This is this is so weird. Greg is me, and I'm Greg this podcast. Yeah, we what the, what the hell's the hell's going okay uh, i agree because i'm agreeing with myself essentially greg thanks for taking yeah, my role here said, that's um, what you said last that's what you said last day and i thought about it right go on look, sorry. you're right though they, they've definitely gotten better i mean remember before we were bringing up the stats brandon you were saying highlighting specifically their defensive rating they were last in the league um that was a week ago they're already 21st in the league so again not the best but obviously better um they're less shooting threes, in specific less threes. And they're making- yeah. And again, they're 14th now in the, in the league and their field goal percentage is now 26. They were 30th for the longest time. So they're obviously statistically getting better. They look better. Like they passed yeah. the eye test. Siakam yeah. is there. Um, Norm Powell has showed up recently. I think we've gotten some bad breaks late, but really what it is, is the lack of having a center. Like right now we're starting Alex Len. Um, Boucher should be starting. I, I agree with you, Greg. But beyond that, what, where do we go? Like we, like Alex yeah, Len yeah. and Aaron Baines have both been net negatives for us to the point where it's so hard to play them, and we have to. We're going to have to put Siakam or OG even at center with some small lineups, which. You know, the reason we're two and eight, in my opinion, right now is because Nick Nurse is figuring it all out. He said he's going to tinker with this lineup for the next 20 games still. So I don't expect us to be, you know, anything better than 500, to be honest with you, 20 games from now. It's kind of like on course with what we want. The the question is if we can make the playoffs and pull it together before then, in my opinion. And then, okay, so we we talked about Andre Drummond being a potential trade ship. Just want to throw this in there really quickly, Graf. When Andre Drummond was flipped from Detroit to the Cleveland Cavaliers, the package was two seconds, John Henson, and the corpse of Brendan Knight. So, you know, you got to think we, uh, I don't think a late first is that far-fetched to get Andre Drummond. His contract, though, um, as Greg uh, obviously highlighted, um, it is going to be an issue. So how do we how do we get around that? We'd have to. It is expiring, though, right? It's just this year. Yeah, but we would have to essentially flip, um, you know, like someone like Aaron Baines or something, just for the money, and then flip Norman Powell for nothing or something like that, just to even remotely match it. This is why they pay Masai the big bucks. Well, right now, not right now. Bobby's got the big bucks so far. We don't know about Masai. So that's the other question is, are we even making trades? Is he the one in charge? Like, there's so many questions. Like I said, this trade, uh, you would imagine that we would have been involved if Andre Drummond would be, you know, available, but it's the finances. We can't work around yeah, the finances yeah, unless we want to give up Lowry. $8 dollars Andre Drummond. The package would have to be Norman Powell, Baines, that's 17. We got another 10 there. Throw in McCaw, that's 20. Throw in Stanley Johnson. That's twenty four. Throw in Len. That makes it. So it'd be Alex Len, Stanley Let's Johnson, go. Pat McCaw, Aaron Baines, and Norman Powell for Andre Drummond. <laughs> 
perfect. I hope our G League's ready to get some call-ups, hey, too. Maybe then we can get some more minutes for my boy, Wantanabe. Right? I think so. So if you guys don't know this, I'm half Japanese. And I think, like, Greg's, like, goal in life right now is to get make me a Watanabe fan. Well, so, I'm like, just a little surprised that you're not pulling for your boy, you know? I don't see you fucking wearing a Giannis jersey, bro. <laughs> hey, if you played on the Raptors, I'd be all about it, okay? No, Raptors, no, no. Jordan what? Clarkson went to the Toronto Raptors. Would you get his jersey? Yes, he's Filipino. And, um, you know, we got to represent. Wontanabe, hey, I love what I'm seeing out of him. All right. Well, uh, we're nearing the end of the podcast. Anyhow, <laughs> we got uh, we got a pretty massive trade and a really shitty team to deal with. So it's a pretty exciting time to be a basketball fan. I don't know where I'm going with this. This is a very we're winning tomorrow. Just pretty, pretty, mark I'm my words. I'm not used to being two and eight. I'm not used to being the bottom dweller of the NBA. I'm not used You're to. Not? Being- but but Brandon, but this is what I'm saying. Look, I haven't been a Raptors fan for the past seven years. I've been a Raptors fan for 25 years. Okay, and a lot of that time they were shitty. So, so to me, this is just a regression to the mean. The team's got to build up again. It might come down to trading Lowry, see if we can get a first. And like Graf uh, mentioned in our little group chat, there's some nice prospects in the upcoming uh, draft. So the future of Cade, Cade Cunningham. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just saying that's Greg with Cade Cunningham. He's like, oh, got nothing to say here. Better shut no, my but that's. But that's exactly it, right? There's some young studs coming up in that draft. You're going to do what the Warriors did. Worst case scenario. Worst case scenario? (laughs) Yeah. Tank for a year, get a high pick, add them to the core. We're good to go. Maybe sign a center. We could use one of those. I just, I I honestly had so much optimism for Aaron Baines coming in the season. Like, I thought he'd be like a a leaf. So did I. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's strange, eh? Like, uh, he got benched, at, like, early in that Phoenix game against the team he played on last year, had a great year, and Nurse just hasn't gone to him since. Maybe they're working with him one-on-one. He's a better player than what he showed, and uh, honestly, when you're a big man, like, a lot of the defensive woes fall on you, even though, like, it was the guard that let guys penetrate. I expect him to bounce back. Just, just so you know, Greg, he has zero blocks this year. Zero. Oh, but he was never going to be a, a, a shot blocker. Hopefully, though, now that he's seeing Len getting his minutes, it'll it'll fire something up in him. But him, can he hit those three? He's got to hit his threes. If he can do that and sectored screens, then we should be okay. Well, setting screens. Oh man, to get the face of the NBA alt right, you know the the probably the only NBA presence at the. Um, crashing of um you know uh the 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 the, the u.s capital uh spencer hall let's get him let's bu- the, just off the old cowboy boots and uh spencer hall man was spencer hall was spencer hall's caught at the u.s capital storming the capital with the other white nationalists no i'm just i don't, I don't even know he's a white him to Canada. i just like to make assumptions <laughs> about people i don't know <laughs> The face of white privilege, Spencer Hawes. J- Jared Allen. <laughs> Question, who is the most likely to storm uh, Washington? Like, who who would be part of the protest in the NBA? Who is the most likely current player to be part of the protest? Oh, who who didn't? Andrew Bogut. Andrew current. Bogut. That's no, wait, but... No, but he's been quickly removed. Who didn't kneel for the anthem uh, on the heat? Myers Leonard. Myers Leonard is my pick. 
Myers Leonard. He didn't kneel for the anthem. <laughs> I think the Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, and uh, Miles Leonard combination the uh, for the U.S. anthem would be it. All right, guys, thank you so much for because they're all white, bro. Exactly. <laughs> all right, thank you so much for tuning in, guys. We'll be back next week with another podcast. Hopefully, the Brooklyn Nets don't shit the bed. Catch our podcast on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify. What else? Cloud. Apple. iTunes. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Beats out, T-Dot. Yes, Miku, the man, the unsung hero.